What is it's going just on, Texas everybody? Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, we're Texas. not. Shut up. This is a Marvel podcast. Actually, it's the Marvel Comic Corner. This is. Hey, it's the Comic Corner. Pound and Slash Marvel Media podcast. This is the Comic Corner edition. I am Pounds. I am Slash. You make penis. That's it. You make PNS. PNS. Is that PNS? Um, super actually so I actually thoroughly enjoyed pretty much every comic this week except right. for like two well there were two of them that weren't that great I'm saying it's just two right yeah the um, Watcher ones were good when well, we get to yeah I think the Watcher ones were okay but the rest of them were yeah um, but he get his MVP this time around so. I get to pick MVP and there's going to be something new that we have never done oh. on any of these at least not visually it's, it's something new I added to the visual thing oh cool It'll be the first time you've seen it as well. So with that being said, let's get the visual aid pulled up here. Look into the viewing globe, Rangers. <laughs> really? <laughs> Look into the viewing, Rangers. So as you can see, last week, Ralph picked Captain America. His team's Captain at America. least a little bit better now. He's got Cap, mm-hmm. Mr. Hyde. Well, I'm not picking well, besides that, Mr. <laughs> I think I picked um, and Giant Man. Giant Man, but then besides like just a random <laughs> I'm over here with Spidey Professor X. At least you did uh, pick some people you know like Electra. who the fuck is this character? <laughs> um I'm ex- I'm super excited this week. I'm not as big a fan of the person that I'm replacing Professor X with as I am Professor X as a whole. He's definitely better right now though because Professor X is kind of a dick and a skeevy one at that. Yeah, he's uh yeah, he he uh, his issues have been great. I love for him. Jean Grey. Fucking creepy ass old man. Right, he said that. And why is and why Stanley wrote that just to give it to the guy to, to like ink that in? Like, you want me to put this in here? Yeah, put all that. I love Jean Grey. What is happening? He's <laughs> like, whatever makes you happy, boss. Whatever makes you happy, right? <laughs> whatever makes you happy, boss. Don't fire me. I'm only with a quarter. Right? Please. <laughs> this must be what it be, what it feels like to be the dude in last week's Spider Man episode where oh, uh, he's like. I don't believe we should write that story, but you're the boss and you pay the bills, and I don't want to lose my job, hey, so let's go ahead hey, and do yeah, this. that's it. The one over to Jay Jonah Jameson in the last fight. I only wish to do it, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I did so, my ramen noodle night. <laughs> before we get into this, we got to do the normal thing. Marvel trivia oh, question okay. of the week. Dr. Michael Morbius transforms into oh. what kind of supernatural creature? Is it okay. A, vampire, B, werewolf, or C, zombie? You should know this, but if you don't, nah, fuck it. hang I'm, out with us. Know I'm gonna say. We will find out later on this uh, this, this episode. If he, you don't, you better not ask me that. <laughs> I'm going to be the one that's It's a spider. Yep, I'm going to get some of this way off. <laughs> um, Alright, so we're starting off with Tales of Suspense number 50. This is called The Hands of the... Ma- well, the A story is The Hands of the Mandarin. The C story is called Journey's End. Um, this was published February 10th, 1964, written by Stan Lee. Story A was penciled and inked by Don Heck. Story C was penciled by Larry Lieber Bro. and inked by S. Brodsky. It's the first time we've seen S. Brodsky. Yeah, I've never show. seen that name since we've been talking. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I like this, um, the the comic, too, by the manager, because that's actually what manager's supposed to do. Bless you, like, look at right. the fingers. Kiss the fingers, bitch. Kiss them. nice. Yeah, he was, actually. Um, so the people we're going to see in story A, oh shit, I didn't realize, I don't think I ever deleted the picture behind the Mandarin. Well, what was, yo, Did you see that? Yeah, I think I it saw it. It was the old picture from whatever picture. it was last week. It kind of, and it just went, shoop. Um, so the people you'll see in this issue are Iron Man, also known as Anthony Stark. Where the hell is Happy Hogan? I didn't even, I mean, he's right there. Right there. I thought he was going to at least put like a picture of Happy Hogan. There was no close-ups of him. There was no close-ups of him? Damn. Alright, well, shit. And this is actually... So the next time we see this will be the first time I haven't put them in the same pane because usually they have them side by side in one pane. Side by side. And I always use that. 
the next issue that we do for Iron Man does not. So I had to use this, or I had to use two separate pictures there. But anyways, right. oh wow, um, the Mandarin and then Pepper Potts and Happy Hogan. Mandarin does not look anything like we know of him to look like in the comics. Not even Iron seen. Man three. <laughs> <laughs> from what we've seen. Right, from what we've seen so He looks far. completely different here. In fact, I think this is Iron Man 3 if Iron Man really donned the full, completely... Like, just give me the helmet, too. You know he's an actor, so he probably would put it on his head, too. Right. <laughs> Alright, so, we start with the Mandarin being joined by Red China Army members, and of he course. ends up kicking them out because they ask for his help, and he's like, fuck off. Right. Meanwhile, the U.S. Army asks Iron Man to get information on the Mandarin. Iron Man agrees. Tony then tells his people that he will be unable to join the employee dinner. Happy punches a guy that gets mad at Tony, that gets that gets mad at Tony, and right. then Tony scolds him because he's and like, "We like, don't, we're what? not just gonna run off and start punching coworkers." And I'm like, "Hey, I'm all in." Happy, happy would be my MVP just for that alone. He's punching people, right? Bow, bow. <laughs> and while this is happening, Pepper's getting all pissy because no one notices that she's had a makeover. We don't give a fuck. She no longer has freckles. We don't give a fuck about that. I want to see right. Happy Hogan punch. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I, up. <laughs> Iron Man then later gets dropped off in China near Mandarin's castle. Of course. Iron Man nears the castle when he's attacked by guards that he makes extremely short work of. He also notices his power draining, so he has to make this visit quick. Mm-hmm. He heads towards the castle and is captured and then dumped into a room where the walls are closing in on him. He gets out and proceeds to fight Mandarin. Mandarin hits him with a paralyzing ray. When Iron Man does come to, though, the fight continues. Iron Man dodges Mandarin's karate chops and then does a quick calculation on his arm calculator. When Mandarin strikes, Tony turns and blocks at the right moment, and Mandarin passes out because of the immense amount of pain that he's in. Oh, yeah, it's pain. Um, Meanwhile, Pepper asks Happy to join her at dinner since Tony isn't going to make it. Tony then flees the castle. Later, Happy and Pepper are at the dinner, and Happy is thrilled about Pepper being there with him. Right. Um, Tony then shows up, and, and, then, and then he's like, "Fuck, you can't block me." And then Pepper's excited until <laughs> right, happy until happy makes it sound like that they are dating. Right. Tony oh looks concerned God. because he's thinking about the Mandarin. However, you don't even care about this shit. However, Happy thinks he looks concerned because he's with Pepper, and he thinks it displeases his boss. Wait a minute, Happy. You should. Does he? Does he knows he's Iron Man, right? Like you. you oh, that's right. They not don't, yet. They don't know that yet. Forgot. Yes. They don't know early. who he really is. Because I'm like. He's like, he's looking at my girl. I'm thinking about the Mandarin trying to zap up Chinese people right now. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, what the fuck? Um, I gave this issue a four out of five. Yeah, you gave it four. It was cool. I actually had a lot of fun with it. I am loving this weird dynamic with Happy and Pepper Bro. and I and Tony because Tony legit does not, not give care. a fuck about either of them in terms of what they do with their personal lives. He's like, you come to work, you work for me every day, you go home, you stay loyal. That's all that matters. Right. Have fun. That's literally it. Like, he's he's shit? he's not looking to date Pepper or Happy for Which that is matter. Weird because this is you because since we saw and that they usually like had a little connection there, but this one it's like straight business. Like like she's happy to see me. Hey, like, shut the fuck up. I like how the camera can see his head literally. Shut the fuck up, Burst. <laughs> no, but, but, yeah, but I like the little dynamic that, 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 that they all have here. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So, on to the C story. We get The Watcher, Which Sally, like and Wilbur Weems. Yeah, yeah, huh. Which I don't know who that is. No, he's a, he's a one-off character. Yeah, I know he's a one-off. Like, Jeb. Fucking Jeb. Goddamn 
Jeff ain't leaving my fucking mind, bro. All right, so it's time for a watcher story. We get Wilbur Weems, who is being hit on by Sally. He says hey. he says that he has work to do, and we find out that really she's with a group of teens that are just playing a joke on him. Nobody actually likes. And this that's kid. so sad. That piece of shit. Right. <laughs> that's right. Like, right. Is that that piece of that shit? That was me, by the way, in high school. I was that kid. I'm not gonna. We're not doing this today, Nick. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, look at the camera. He said that was me. By the way, like we're not doing this today, Nick. The the space force sees that they need to send someone to a radiation cloud, but they 100% know it'll be a suicide mission because there will not be enough gas to get there and back. Right. Um, everyone declines doing it. Wilbur steps up because he's like, you know what? Nobody really likes I mean, me I'm anyway. I'm dead anyway. Fuck it. My life's gonna suck. Might as well. This is Nick 100. percent And they'll be like, I'll go. What? What? <laughs> On the, on the flight, he gets out there, and it turns out it was just a radioactive dust cloud that yep. dissipates once he gets there. Um, and it is now, although, made Wilbur stronger. He is now a handsome, strapping, strong man. That's looking like Hercules and looking shit. Looking like, like, this is some Twilight Zone shit. What is this? Wilbur, Wilbur lands on a perfect Earth-like planet that mm-hmm. looks Roman in nature. Right. Um, they tell Wilbur it was a test, and only the bravest of Earthlings who aren't afraid to die can be here. Which is what yeah. he's there for so yeah. he has found the perfect place to live now as far as watcher stories go this was good i enjoyed this I, one. I gave this a five out of five i know you didn't like, i gave it a three yeah i gave it five five it's not bad I like it's it. for a watcher story it's for good story, get, this is probably the only one i think i like out of this this was interesting because you know i get it it's a telling story but it's interesting though because you know at the end he found peace actually yeah, he Which found people he that accepted him for he who he was. He well, was. who he became, at least. Right, bro. He became a chat. A buff chat, motherfucker. <laughs> he is now going to get all the women. All the hoes. <laughs> all the grapes fed into his mouth. And then he's going to get some of that kitten. Get that kitty. He's going to bat that kitty. He's going to get that kitty. <laughs> all right. Oh, that bro- Shut the fuck up! Fucking birds. You know, you spit this cranberry juice out. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what their problem is. You got food. Eat. Shut up. That's because they stay, they stay, they sit all that shit over in the kitchen. Anyway. Um, next up is Tales to Astonish, number 52. A story is called The Black Knight Strikes. B story is called Not What They Seem. Um, this was published February 1st, 1964. Written by Stan Lee. Penciled, the, the A story is penciled and inked by Dick Ayers. And then the C story is... Penciled by Larry Lieber oh, and oh, yeah, right. by G. Bell. Right. All right. So we know these people. <laughs> right. right. We're used to all these guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're used to all these guys. <laughs> all right. So the Black Knight Strikes. We start with Giant Man defeating some goos and apprehending a guy by the name of... Oh, shit. <laughs> I was got to wait... There we go. Characters are. The people in this issue, Giant Man and Wasp, and then Professor Garrett, who's also the Black Knight. All right. So we saw a giant man <laughs> defeating some goods and apprehending Professor Garrett, who was giving secrets to the Reds. They're like doing a lot of communist shit in here, too, bro. God dang. Yeah, it was the time. Mm. Um, Garrett makes bail and uses a fake passport to fly to Europe. There, he makes a flying horse by combining, like, a chicken with a horse or some shit like that. Uh, that was some I, weird was shit. Weird. He should have went to jail for that. <laughs> yeah. Stop genetically altering animals, you fucking weirdo. Right. What, what the fuck, man? Weeks later, Wasp shows up late to the lab. And says that Black Knight flying a wing, a Black Knight flying a winged horse stole money from an armored car. Giant Man thinks she's full of shit because she tells stories. I was gonna say, hey, yo, I was gonna say, and then Harry backhands. <laughs> um, when on the radio, Bam. there is a news broadcast talking about a guy on a winged horse robbing an armored car truck. <laughs> Giant Man and Wasp are on the way. Black Knight is at the time sabotaging a helicopter when Giant Man jumps from a plane and grabs the helicopter. 
Knight uses his lance to shoot a bolo and ties Giant Man completely up um, while he's hanging from one of the bottom rudder, whatever the fucking runners those things are called. Right. Um, Black Knight then reveals who he is and tells Giant Man that he's been designing this lance to hold flamethrowers, machine gun rounds, among other things, in hopes that one day he will get a chance to fight Giant Man again. He then shoots Giant Man with itching powder. Mm. Giant Man has to let go because it itches too much. Damn straight. But when he does, that means he's got a free hand. Right. Um, he ends up eating a shrinking capsule to free himself, and the wasp catches him in midair. Right. Uh, they land on the Black Knight's horse, and Ant-Man grows to normal size. The horse starts to buckle underneath the weight. He jumps off to save Janet and lands in an amusement park. Janet then stings the horse, and it drops Black Knight into the exact same amusement park. Hey. Janet then starts to fall, and Giant Man has to stop pursuit to catch her. He does, and they land as Henry is wondering where he went. Um, he heard a gun click and then shrunk to avoid the paralysis blast. Black Knight then falls off of a roller coaster rail, but is caught by his horse, and they fly off with the Black Knight doing the classic evil villain thing. I'll get you one day, Ant-Man giant guy. I, I just like to say, how the hell, bro, that was perfectly timed, because he fell, and the horse literally caught him. I got you! I'm like, bro, he could have fell to his death, actually. <laughs> I'm like, ah, boom, that's it, GG. I gave this a 3 out of 5. Yeah, that, no, this, this one is a 3 out of 5. Of this so. version of Black Knight sucks. He was... Uh, just plain and simple. This he's... version of Black Knight sucks. I, He's boring. He's just a villain who created some shit. And, and you know what's bad? He almost could... I mean, I know we see him again, but he really potentially could be a one-off villain, actually, because he's literally... He's a nobody. He's a nobody. Right? He's nothing. There's no character... Like, you see Doom and Namor... And even the wizard and puppet and PvP, all of them, but him, he's nobody. Like, good lord. Right. They brought him back for more shit. Okay, I mean, that's fine, I guess. So in the B story, we're going to see Wasp, and uh, they don't even have names. They're just called prisoners. Here we go. So this is Wasp telling a story to, Again. Orf to orphan kids. Again. Uh, last time it was GI people. Yeah, I thought it was orphan kids. Oh, no, this time it's orphan kids. Um, in the year 3000, some prisoners escape prison. They find a planet where men and women are fighting each other. They decide to hide out there and help the men. After the men win, the escapees ask for help, and then it is revealed that the men like to capture space people and put them in jail, and that's what the women were fighting against. So, after the, after the fight is over, they are imprisoned for the rest of their lives. End of story. This was so dumb. One out of five. So unnecessary. One out of five. Oh, it would sorry. get a zero out of five if it wasn't for that fact I have to at least put one star on this dumbass story. <laughs> you know what's funny? When he has said that a couple times, too. I was some shitty, like some stranger tale shit. He said, I wish I could put zero out of five, but because I can't give it, I give a one out of five. Because, yeah, this is this is ass. I'll, I'll say this is zero out of five. What, what, what is this? It what, was... Wretched. Like, what do we... <laughs> and you can just... It goes back to what you... Hey, you're the boss, boss. You want to... What do you want to talk about now? And we're going to talk about some prisoners. Walsh going to tell a story. Write it. Or you're fired. No ramen noodles. Like, hey, I don't want to get fired, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, just do this, because um, he's, he's Stan Lee. I'm not going to question it. Like, this is ass, bro. <laughs> and <All> that's right. <laughs> it. <laughs> Next up is Tales of Suspense number 51. Uh, a story is called The Sinister Scarecrow. C story is called Primitive. This was published March 10th, 1964, written by Stan Lee. Um, story A is penciled and inked by Don, Hank, Don Heck. C story is penciled by Larry Lieber and inked by G. Bell. Yes, sir. All right. We begin uh, with The Sinister Scarecrow. We begin with Iron Man stopping a mugger who runs into a theater and is stopped by a showman named Umberto. Iron Man thanks him and ha he's happy on he's on that he's on the right side of the law. 
Umberto then decides oh, he would actually... Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't push the button. I got you. These are the people we're going to see. Iron Man, Happy Hogan, Pepper Potts, Umberto, Scarecrow. Um, Umberto decides he would make a great villain, steals a Scarecrow costume from the store, and some trained crows from an old retiring workmate. Um, Pepper then sends off for one of Tony's hussies by lying to her. <laughs> He's, hey, that's really it, too. Hey, get one of my hussies. Damn, all right. All right, you're the boss, boss. Um, Happy drives Tony to his apartment. They surprise Scarecrow, who's actually in the process of robbing the place. Yep. Happy attacks him and is actually knocked out pretty quickly, but it stalls Scarecrow just long enough for Tony to turn into Iron Man. Right. Um, the, scare, the, the crows fly out the window, and Iron Man thinks that that's where the Scarecrow headed, so he jumps out, and d- during the pursuit, Scarecrow comes out of hiding, steals more of Tony's plans, and flees as Happy wakes up. Later, Scarecrow calls to make Tony pay for the plans back. Tony puts a magnet in the briefcase and goes to the spot where the Scarecrow is supposed to meet him. Scarecrow runs off with the briefcase. Tony turns into Iron Man and follows him out to a boat near Cuba. He magnetically draws the suitcase back to him and dispatches of the ship and leaves everyone in the water. The crows have dragged Scarecrow to the Cuban coast. Iron Man doesn't follow because his suit is actually low on power. Later, Tony makes it seem like he's going to take Pepper to a Broadway play, which she gets excited over, but then he happens to just give the tickets to her and Happy instead right, so that they can go together. What's again? Business. Bye. She's bummed. Happy is thrilled. Meanwhile, right. Scarecrow broods on the coast. I'm going to get him back. Once again, it's two villains again that are like, I'm going to get you back. But the, unfortunately, Scarecrow, um, does Scarecrow come back? Does, yeah, he does, of course. Um, I actually get his four out of five. I enjoyed it. I get his four out of five. I, I, do, I just want to say, I do like how, you know, besides Spider-Man and Iron Man, these are the only two that actually say we turn into our characters because, you know, Hulk shapes shifts. Don does the tap tap, and then you know the Fantastic Four. They're just their own little pig, their own. They're they're the spotlight. I right. like that. So, but anyway, that that's just one of my great. I like that. That's a positive line. Story C, which so. is called Primitive. This is another Watcher story, and we get to meet Vince and Paul Harding. Hello, Vince and Paul Harding. The Watcher tells us a story again. Vince Harding was a car salesman in the future, making lots of money. His brother Paul is a space explorer looking for intelligent life, but planet after planet, they only find cavemen-like beings. On a stop back home, Paul is urged to join his brother to be rich, but he's like, I can't. I really need to keep exploring space. Right. Um, The space exploration team can only afford one more trip, and they head out. On the last planet they visit, a native offers him a piece of wood. He says no because he's like, the fuck are they going to give me wood for? Like, we have wood. Um... And they return home, mad that they seem to be the only intelligent life in the galaxy, he does finally join up with his brother to start making money. However, we then come to find out that the piece of wood states that, that was going to be given to him, states that someone created an antimatter bomb, um, which has convinced everyone on the planet to stop fighting. Um, So there was intelligent life on this planet, um, but instead of being grateful for the offering that he was given... He, at that point, found out that, yeah, it doesn't even... It's just wood. It's, he, he, he didn't care. I'm be blind. He didn't, he just didn't give a shit. Um, and neither did I. One out of five. Yes, one out of five. Um, now, this one I would have legit given a one out of five, not a zero out of five. But, you know. It wasn't like the first Watcher one, which I liked. Um, but this one was just, I didn't care. Right. All right, keep moving, sir. Let's go. All right. <laughs> you, hey, y'all, you can tell. He had, I mean, I mean, I get it. We got some good ones, but overall, when you start doing storytelling, it's like, oh, dear, this is not true to none of the story. 
For Tales to Astonish, number 53. Yeah. A story is called Trapped by the Porcupine. Yeah, he's B back. story is Wind Wakes the Colossus. The Porcupine is Batman. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, this was published March 1st, 1964, written by Stan Lee. A story was penciled and inked by Dick Ayers. And then B story is uh, penciled by Larry Lieber and inked Wasn't by the Don Porcupine Heck. in uh, Tales of, uh, of uh, not so, uh, Stranger Tales? No. I thought he was like in um, another. I'm trying to think. When did we? Cause we, we we last saw him when it was Ant Man and Wasp. Okay, so it's not, I, I, I thought I know this is our second because because they jumped on liquid cement and filled up his suit holes. Right. And right. Okay. Okay. He, right. Like jetpack skirted off. Yeah, because and I, that's why I almost gave it like a two out of five. Cause I'm like, this is come on, y'all gotta get that. And you giant man, you just gotta grab that motherfucker. <laughs> and then the people we're gonna see in this are Giant Man and Wasp and the Porcupine. Of course. All right. So. We begin with Giant Man and Wasp performing for a crowd when from the shadows Porcupine shoots Giant Man stunning him and Giant Man falls and fractures his ankle. Ah, Porcupine man. remembers how Ant-Man and Wasp stopped him last time by filling his quills with I like the continuity Zima. of that. That's tight. He then decides to join a fan club where they all dress up as villains and will visit Giant Man when he recovers. Porcupine sends Wasp to his car for a gift that he says that he has for Giant Man which really is just a trap to catch her. Right. Um, and as everyone takes off their masks he hits the room with sleeping gas. Everyone falls asleep except for Giant Man, who ends up spinning his body on a hanging ring fast enough to clear the air. Um, and then he catches Porcupine. Porcupine gets free, uses his pine shooters to pine swing to the car. Um, and I, I was calling it that to make to kind of say it was like a Spider-Man web shooter. Thing. Right, like a Spider-Man web shooter. That's really um, what it was. It looked, I said, is that, is that his web? He's a web now? He's, oh, okay. He, we got tips from the, from the Spider-Man. That's what's up. As he drives off, Giant Man can't catch up because of his ankle. Right, he's um, still hurt, bro. What? He tries to make the ants follow, but Porcupine's car shoots off DDT, keeping the ants from being able to send back messages. Saying, he's like, I'm just going to murder your ants. Fuck you. That's exactly what he... <laughs> Porcup right? Porcupine puts Wasp in a cell that he knows that she can escape from, but, he knows, but when she does escape, he's going to send a needle that tracks her back to Giant Man's hideout. For a minute, I thought he was going to send a needle to kill her. I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> she does escape, and oh, the needle yeah. does, in fact, follow her. Oh, yeah. Giant Man notices once she arrives back that the needle's been following her. He smashes the needle, but it's too late. The oh, ants yeah. tell him that they Porcupine coming. is on the way. He coming, bro. Porcupine breaks in and wraps Wasp in flypaper, then tries to put um, Giant Man asleep again, and again, it does not work. Giant Man is just too big for a basic sleeping da gas dose. To you know, work. I noticed he's not been Ant Man at all since he's been Giant Man for the past couple issues. Uh, he, he switches back to being small so, sometimes. Oh, sometimes. Okay. He's sometimes like, he's just Giant Man, Giant Man, Giant Man. Which, I mean, that's cool. I'll dig it, but, you know. But... As a matter of fact, Giant Man shrinks in this one um, that's right, to did. go find uh, where Porcupine is hiding. Right, because he got out. Um, yeah, he's, I'm leaving. And Porcupine get, ends up taking, uh, he, he changes back to Giant Man when he finds him, picks him up, holds him, um, at which point Porcupine gets some of the pills from Giant Man's belt. Giant Man tries to stop him from taking them, but Porcupine is like, nope, I'm going to grow six times the size you are by eating all of these pills. Um, <laughs> and he downs them all. Of course. But instead of growing, he starts to shrink and shrink and shrink until he disappears completely. At which point, Ant-Man frees Wasp, and until next time, heroes. I mean, you, yeah, you did it to yourself, partner. I'm just going to go ahead. Right. Like, well, he's gone. I'm going to go ahead and go save my girl. Like, he's gone. I also gave this story a 3 out of 5. 3 out of 5, yeah. I, it was it was a decent story. It was okay. Um, and I love when a villain does something dumb enough that it fucks himself right. over. Right. You don't see that too often with the comics we've been reading so far. Like, he said, I'm going to drink it. 
he thought he was gonna grow, but like, cause the red makes him grow, don't it? It's the I know he has got to the red part. I don't remember which ones. That's what red makes grow because I thought blue meant like shrinking it, but I was like, well. Oh, yeah. you're thinking to the shows. Yeah, I'm thinking to the show. My bad. No, he hasn't got. Yeah, my bad. Oakland. Because he's um, just like, like, I'm shrinking. Like, yeah, no shit. He's like the wrong He's like, shit. I tried to tell you, dumbass. <laughs> and then I like how casual He's like, well, I'm going to go get my girl because I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. And now he's so small, he gets to watch a giant man and the uh, wasp get it on. Let's get it on. He need to take, uh, he need to go talk to Henry in the Fantastic Four. Maybe get the particles working. Talk to Reed. Go find Reed, bro. Right. Next up is story B, which is Henry Pym. You'll see Henry Pym and the Wasp and a character by the name of Mingo. Mingo. Now, this is a story from Wasp, but instead of telling the story to other people, she is actually going to tell the story to Henry. Um, as a preview before she goes to tell it to the GIs that she's going to go talk to. Uh, now, on another planet, a warlord by the name of Mingo takes over several areas by using their superstitions against them. He then builds the statues and warns everyone that if anyone ever tries to revolt or doesn't do what he wants, the giant statue will come alive and destroy them. And they believe it. Right. So they follow his. They follow everything that he wants them to do, but eventually the people get tired of his tyranny and revolt anyways because they're like, this is, there's no point in living like this. Right, you're living in a tyranny. Um, and when they do revolt, the statue actually does come alive. Come alive. However, it destroys Mingo's castle instead, and now Mingo travels around like a lunatic muttering to himself. And this is the only reason I really like this issue, was Jan, after telling the story, gets mad because Henry was not paying attention at all. That's a 5 out of 5. <laughs> on site. I gave it a 2 out of 5. Oh no, that's a 5 out of 5 for me. I, oh yeah. But she's like, you're such a jerk, you never listen to me. Huh? 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 <laughs> that's what he said. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, bitch. <laughs> You know what? Hey, I feel like they just wanted to give. Cause let's be honest, Waz hasn't had that much airtime, man. They gotta give her something to do, bro. Like, like you look at the last one. Giant man saves. Giant man saves. The last is Giant. You don't hear Waz. I mean, Waz does do shit, but it's not enough. It's not enough. So they're like, well, let's just give her her own shit to do. So so she can go around telling stories. So I just I, that's yeah. Again, Hank said, huh? Bitch, I'm trying to make particles. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> I got shit to do. Alright, next up. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I'm dead ass. That's a five out of five story. What? Just for that right there? That's The a five Amazing Spider-Man number 11. Ooh, and this is called Turning Point. one of your books that I remember reading. Yeah. This was published April 10th, 1964. Written by Stanley Pizzled and inked by Steve Ditko. That's in one of your books, too. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And in this one, we are going to see Spider-Man. Dr. Octopus, yep. Aunt May, mm-hmm. a gangster by the name of Blackie Gaxton, um, Betty Brant and her brother Bennett Brant. Yep. They're back. And we start with Peter. Sad because he can't find Betty, but Peter also hears that Doc Ock will be released from prison. Yep. He goes and pleads to the warden to not let him go, but the warden denies saying he served his time. Peter rushes home and makes a spider tracker. He returns just in time to see that Betty is driving the cab that Doc Ock gets into, so he throws a tracker onto it. As they drive off, he sees that there is a map of Philadelphia and the car had a Philadelphia license plate, so he knows roughly where they're going. Right. We then see Blackie Gaxton, a mobster, (laughs) in in jail with Bennett Brandt, who is Betty's brother. Right. Um, And Bennett is Blackie's lawyer and also owner or ower of money. Of course. He he owes Blackie money. Of course he's that type of gangster. Um, Of course. 
Blackie dismisses him. Bennett arrives later at the safe house in time to see Betty Brant basically resisting Doc Ock trying to come on to her. Because I remember Betty, remember Betty was like left town. Right. <laughs> Bennett steps in, gets bitch slapped, and told to meet Doc in the other room. Straight up. Betty Let's feels. Take out. Betty has a moment where she feels bad for not telling Peter. However, at this time, Peter is telling his aunt that he's going to go on vacation and go visit the city of brotherly love. Um, he gets he gets the to Philly and then finds out and finds Betty who is actually thrilled to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells him everything. Right. Later, Doc breaks Blackie out of jail. Um, Spidey is late to the prison and kind of gets blamed for. Uh, sorry, I got a random email. Um, he gets got he kind of gets blamed for the breakout. Not exactly like they're not saying for sure it's Spidey, but they're like maybe he's the one that did. Right, that they're speculating. They're like, hmm, he was the only one here. <laughs> right. Um, Blackie's goons take Betty and Bennett onto a ship where Doc and Blackie show up. Spidey arrives and sprains his ankle on a stack of ropes. When he lands, um, Blackie then knocks out Bennett. Um, Spidey is captured once inside. Spidey beats the hell out of everyone. Oh yeah. Um, oh, this work. He gets into a physical struggle with Blackie, who has a gun and accidentally shoots Bennett. It, it was an accidental shooting, yeah, but at the same time, I don't think Blackie cared. Hey, let me tell you something, bro. Blackie would have been my MVP. That right th- Oh, you so... Bro. <laughs> hey, first of all, that fucking name. <laughs> right. Blackie. Oh, no. Blake, Blake. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, he, got the, he got the heater. <laughs> Gotcha, bitch. Betty blames Spider-Man for all of this, and now Spider-Man is pissed. Man, bleed out, Betty. I, I got shit to do. <laughs> Spidey chases down Blackie oh, no. to the point where he's actually hurt ankle and all, dragging people that are hanging on to him mm-hmm. until he gets close enough to knock Blackie the fuck out. out. Yeah, he got knocked about because he shot her. Like you said, axe bit my ass. He didn't give a shit. Bang. He's a, ga- he's a gangster. That's literally what he is. Right. Doc Ock then attacks Spidey. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They go back and forth for a while until mm-hmm. Spidey hits him with a fire extinguisher to blind him. We later see some try. We see some goons try to steal the money and Betty. Um, but Doc Ock knocks them out and takes the money and Betty for himself. Right, because he, he's still a criminal. He's still a villain, like the biggest villain. What? Spidey then attacks and floors Doc, who jumps off the boat onto a, a, a little boat, which right. is called a launch. A launch, right. Um, Spidey follows and they fight until the boat runs into a large beam in the water. Um, Spidey swims to get away. The cops show up, arrest Blackie and his goons. Doc Ock does manage to get away, but Betty's safe. Peter then returns home to console Betty during the funeral. She tells him that she was wrong to blame Spider-Man, but she also doesn't ever want to see Spider-Man again because of how everything happened. Um, I gave this a 5 out of 5. It was a fantastic issue. A good return for Doc Ock, and while he is technically like the main villain, he wasn't the focal point. Right, he wasn't the main focus. They gave the but Blackie. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Uh, we got to watch uh, Bennett die. Yeah, that was crazy, yo. I don't know what's wrong with him either, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what he's overacting. But yeah, I enjoyed that one. Oh shit! Hey, y'all know it just threw me off though, cause I was like, a funeral? Hold up! Hey, he died, bro. Yeah. Hey, hey, Blackie, you fucked up, bro. <laughs> you know you fucked up, right? 
Anyway, let's go a bit without fear. All right. Let's go. Next up. This is probably the, I think this is the best comic I like, though. I, I liked it. Next up is called Daredevil. Yeah, the Man Without... Actually, it says here comes Daredevil. The Man Without Fear. Right. Here comes... Um, <laughs> this is issue number one of Daredevil. It's called The Origin of Daredevil. This was published March 1st, 1964. Written by Stan Lee. Penciled and inked by Bill Everett. Has he... Yeah, he's came... Bill Everett has came on a few times. I actually think this is Bill Everett's this first time. Oh, okay. So, people, you are going to see in this Everybody. issue... You are going to see Matt Murdock, also known as Daredevil, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, battling Jack Murdock, which is Matt's dad, Yep. The Fixer, and a guy by the name of Slade. Oh, they got the dude from Teen Titans in here. That was... Right? Alright, so we start off with some mobsters, backslash boxers, playing poker when Daredevil shows up. Looking for the fixer. They start a fight, and Daredevil basically just whoops their ass. Yeah, no, Daredevil's so OP as fuck, bro. Please don't try to test them on hand-to-hand -hand combat. Right. Don't do that. And he's blind while he's doing it, which is really scary. <laughs> Daredevil says that now that they are done, he's just going to wait for the fixer. Yeah. And now it's time for the backstory for this new character. Right, because, bro, I like the opening scene. I, I'm like, yo, this is how I to a movie. Right. <laughs> okay. We start off with some... Oh, I already read that part. Matt Murdock, son of Battling Murdock, is told by his dad to never be a fighter. Just grow up, study, and one day he'll thank him. Right. Um, as time goes on and Matt gets older, Matt wishes he could play sports, but it's not allowed. He also starts to get bullied and is called Daredevil by the other kids. Which, by the way, I'd never heard Daredevil as like a, a diss towards anyone. Right. What, I don't know. It was like, you're a daredevil. You suck. Like, wait, wait. How is that a bad thing? Right. So is Evil Knievel, and he's widely known. Right. So I was going to um, say, Evil Knievel, yeah. While his dad is away, he starts self-training. Right. Um, was that something I've never seen before? Like, we never caught that. Usually he's never done it. He self-trains himself. Okay, I like that. So later, when uh, Battling Murdoch gets back home, he realizes that he can't find a promoter. Um, right. This willing to take him, so he sets up with a guy by the name of the Fixer, mm. which is somebody he would never normally work with. He knows he's shady, right? Slate <laughs> shady, but he needs money. He's got right. a kid to feed. Yep. While this is going, while this is while going home to celebrate with his son, um, Matt is out walking home on his own, um, where he sees a blind guy trying to cross the road. The blind guy doesn't hear or see the car that's about to hit him, right. so Matt's instincts kick in. He rushes in and saves the dude from being hit. But in the process, he gets clipped by the tr by the truck, and a uh, a cylinder holding something on it falls off of the truck and dumps onto Matt's face. That is radioactive. Which that's interesting. They got that right from the um, from the not, not only Netflix, but even the one with Ben Affleck. They got they they got at least they got that part correct on like how he got blind, right? Because some some weird acid shit fell on him, and that's what couldn't see no more. Matt finds out, though, that now that he is blind, it seems every other sense is insanely heightened. Which, that's interesting, so... Which is actually a good thing that actually happens with people. Oh, there's other So, okay. now, not to his extent. Right, not to his extent, because he's able to catch everything. Um, which I'm pretty sure the radioactive stuff that fell on his face probably plays a little bit into that. Right, because there was, right, it's but, like, all of it, like, okay. But they do say that, like, if you lose your sight, all your other senses heighten to try and make up for right. losing your sight. Um, so forth and so on. Now, uh, Matt does eventually go on to college, um, and that's where he first meets his new roommate, Foggy Nelson. Hey. 
um, and they become best friends. Of course. Battling Murdoch had been winning, but didn't know that the opponents he was fighting were being paid to throw their fights. Keyword, the fixer. Um, they were being fixed. Right. They asked Battling Murdoch to throw the next fight, which he agrees. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, okay. I forgot. Yeah, he agrees. Um, but both Matt and Foggy are going to the fight. During the fight, Battling Murdoch wants to make his son proud. Yeah. So he goes ahead and knocks the other guy out. Um, um, and then after he says, after his son tells him that he's proud, Battling Murdoch goes to walk home and is shot and killed. Yep. Well, I mean, we, we knew that. <laughs> yeah. We knew it was going to happen. We're familiar with the backstory right, of Daredevil. Right. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> We right. with the backstory of Daredevil, just like like Spider-Man, all of it. He's like, "Hey, just give all the money to, uh, give all the money to, to this this account." Yo, you about to die, bro. Like, what, you try to go get some, like mobsters, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is this? Matt Zinn, over time, eventually graduates college, and him and Foggy start up start up their own law office as partners. I like that. I like that. Foggy hires Karen Page, who is immediately attracted to Matt. Of course. Um, he wants to find his dad's killer and makes a costume and calls himself the Daredevil. Which, that is interesting that he decides to just put on a costume like that. I mean, I thought, well, I don't know what I was thinking. This is 1960, so let's go. Right. He modifies his cane to work as a billy club, a yep. cane that can be used to grab things and swing from things, and it's, it's a nice cane. You know what? They nice are cane. really, yo, okay, they took the real source serial for real for this character. Holy shit, guys, that's what's up. So now we get back to present day. Yep. The fixer shows up. Daredevil blames him for battling Murdoch's death. Yeah, oh yeah. And he sends his goons off to attack, and Daredevil beats the shit out of them. Again, once again, um, whoop them better than convenience. Eventually, one of Fixer's goons admit to it while pushing Daredevil out the window, because let's be real, this is his first time being a hero of sorts. He's gonna make some mistakes. He wasn't like paying. Like, he wasn't paying full attention. He got pushed out the window for it. Which I was like, oh, he was winning. I was like, wait, how do you get out the window so fast? He was kicking the asses. Like, what happened? Right. Um. So, Daredevil ends up using a flagpole to yep. swing around, and then he flies right back into the window. Right. Um. At which Very point, bag skills, bro. Right. At which point they run. They're like, okay, there's something wrong with this. Right. Because uh, we know we dropped them. Somebody came back up to the top floor here. Oh, I'm leaving. So, Daredevil ends up switching back into his Matt Murdock persona and follows the scent of Fixer's cigar through the crowds. Right. Um, and when he realizes that they're about to go into a subway, he rushes in as a blind man into the subway. Um, <laughs> I love it, bro. Hey, once, I love it. <laughs> once inside, Matt changes back into right, of Daredevil. Course. That was called um, as shit how he did that. And then, as soon as they show up down there, he's like, didn't think you guys were going to get away, did you? Oh, they were like, motherfucker. <laughs> Because he just, he just went to, oh yeah, yeah I'm blind. Fuck <laughs> you, bitch. Yeah, y'all, y'all think y'all was ready? Y'all think y'all, I'm gonna whoop all your asses now. Y'all ain't leaving. <laughs> y'all ain't leaving the subway. So he ends up knocking Slade down of and course. chases after the Fixer. Oh, um, during the chase, Fixer ends up having a heart attack and dying. Oh, God. No, that's bad. And Matt goes back with the cops and convinces Slade that Fixer actually gave him up what he didn't, so he lied to Slade. Yeah. And Slade was like, nah, he paid me to pull the trigger. At mm. which point, the police take Slade oh, yeah. and arrest him. Um, he announces who he is to the police. He's like, I'm the Daredevil. You'll hear more from me. That's it. Bingo. Um, and Matt returns back to his office, where Foggy basically tells him that a criminal by the name of Slade called to hire them, and he turned them down because he believes that Slade is guilty. And he actually asks Matt if Matt was mad. Matt's like, no, it's actually a great day. And he's like, Dad, wherever you are, I hope you're proud. 
And that's how we end the very I first issue five, of Daredevil. Bro. And I gave this motherfucker a, five a three. Five. You a three. No, I gave it a five. I know you did. It yeah. was fan. Fantastic. Like, I, I know I was joking with, with, the, with the, the, the storyteller, but this one is a legit five out of five one. Like, this is a legit one. Because this, this, bro, there was not one thing bad about this story. And, and, and if it wasn't for me looking at from the 2003 and even the Netflix, this was actually right to the point. And well, it wasn't paying Kingpin either. So here's interesting. And here's what's really cool about this. We look at all the other people we're covering comics for right now. We've got the X-Men who are fighting other mutants. Right. We've got Iron Man who goes from fighting people like the Crimson Dynamo right. to the Scarecrow to people that do have more enhanced abilities and things like that. Yeah, I've caught more, that. More super villain type people. Right. And then we've then we've got like um, the Even Avengers starting to fight more. The Avengers who are really only fighting uh, people they've already fought like Namor, Hulk, and, and Loki, right. and Loki. Um, and then we run into Thor, who's kind of going back and forth with people from Asgard and other places. And then back to the human world, um, people. Yeah. So everyone's fighting. And then this is true. Everyone's fighting more super villainous people, except for two people. Right. Giant Man and Wasp seem to always end up fighting against just basic fucking and, people, which is kind of boring because they're superheroes. They need to be fighting super villains. Right, like Fantastic um, Four fighting super villains. Right, which has always been my which has been my complaint so far with all of their comics. It's always somebody pretending to be a spy or right. whatever. They work for the Reds and the, the Chinese or whatever. And right. Yeah. So his stories tend to not bother me. However, Daredevil has always been a hero that fights more street level crime. Man, that was grounded as fuck. He's oh gonna my fight. God. You know, like we'll eventually see him fight like ninjas and like the hand. Right. And shit like that in these comics. So it's never like he's never really involved against major super villains. He is made for that smaller crime thing. So I'm hoping what this will eventually do is now that they've got him to do this and do it in a way that tells a good story, maybe we'll finally start seeing Giant Man get into some battles that are worth a fucking damn. Right. I'm hoping. Probably not. <laughs> like, now that we got this character, well, even Spider-Man, like, he fought some Superman, but now he, but, but he, but he dabbles it too. It's just, like, Spider-Man dabbles too. Like, he, like, when, when he was fighting that, then next week he's fighting the Enforcers, which is like, okay. Which, and again, Daredevil... Is, is going to be one of those people that, like, he is going to fight supervillains, but they're going to be more his level of supervillains. You're going right, to see him fight handle. against Elektra. You're going to see him fight against um, Bullseye. Right. Amongst other people that are supervillains. Hell, he might even go against Kingpin in one of these little issues, but, you know. Right. Which so, I thought that's what he was going against. I said, oh, it's not Kingpin. Huh. When I, when I was reading, I said, because you used to Kingpin, 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 Kingpin. It's like, no, oh, these are straight monsters that did this. Like, oh, okay. I mean, it, it should it should be like that. It should be. So, yeah. Which brings me to my MVP. That is you, sir. Da-da-da-da-da. Who is it? Da-da-da-da. Daredevil, of course. Of course. Daredevil. Of course. He and came I- in, and don't get me wrong, he made a couple mistakes during his fights, but over and above all, he really did. did better than Spider-Man's first fight, actually. He did what heroes are supposed to do. He came in and whooped their ass. Yeah, yeah, he... Bro, and, and what got me... What really got me, though, he went on that subway... Like a blind person, <laughs> and they went in there like, "Yeah, bitches, y'all knew y'all were fucked, right?" <laughs> I would have just, I would have been just talking mad shit, and that's all. Y'all know y'all fucked, right? Yeah, I had what's good. I'm back, bitch. <laughs> like round three, let's go. So yeah, I had, I had no complaints with this comic mm-hmm. at all. Um, and and again, Daredevil, hands down, my MVP. He came in, he did his thing. 
He and what's funny is, dude. One of the things I love about Daredevil as a person, because we're gonna see Spidey go through some trying times where he's going to want to give up being Spider-Man. Mm. Um, I, we know it happens, and it's actually gonna happen within the next fifteen to twenty issues, yep. where there's gonna be a moment where he seriously thinks about quitting being Spider-Man. Right, it's like fuck it, and it's because life gets rough and tough for him, and well, he he's wants just a kid too, and man. he wants to give up. But Daredevil, right. As a kid, able to see, saves a guy's life, risks his life to do so, becomes blind because of an accident that happens, right. and he never gave up. He was the one that was like, "You know what, Dad? I'm gonna be okay. Right. I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna get through school. Life is gonna be okay. We'll move on. I'm still gonna become a lawyer. I'm still gonna do the things that you know you've raised me to do, and the things that I really want to do." And then the self-taught how to fight. I like that. Right. He, Damn. He self-taught himself. Right. Um. Which is a little bit different than the Netflix show because the right. Netflix show had stick training. The sticks trained them. Which we don't know how much of that's still going to happen Hold because up, yeah, cause, cause the next you, whenever they get to the next you, it might sticks might just show up. Hey, the one blind man he saved <laughs> it might be sticks that he didn't save his ass like a young sticks go like when he was right. younger. So yeah, we don't know how much is that going to happen. You're right. But for all intents and purposes, for now, right, He's, he never gave up. As a matter of fact, he used his disability as a reason to try fight harder to be what he wanted to be. And ain't that a bitch? Like, even the first issue of Starman, he was going to give up. Yeah. That's some wildin'-ass shit right there. Huh. But, yeah. He, he did what he did, man. He, he, kicked, he kicked, like, 50 dudes' asses. And what? He was right. like... And that's what he did on Netflix, though. He was trying to get the, 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 uh, the daughter, the, or I guess one of the people's daughter. He went there in that warehouse. He was throwing shit. He was hitting people with he was taking people out. Oh, shit. But, uh, yeah. All right. Back to the Marvel trivia question of the week. Dr. Michael Morbius transforms into what kind of supernatural creature? Is it A, a vampire, B, a werewolf, C, or zombie? I got you. I got you. Let me, I got the question. I got it. He turns into a fucking bunny, bro. Yep. He becomes the Easter bunny. <laughs> you like the Easter bunny. <laughs> the answer is a vampire. If you didn't know that, I don't know why you're watching this podcast. Um, <laughs> Damn. Some people don't know Come that, on now. <laughs> they've, if they've not read the comics, not seen any of the animated shows, or, or even there's even a whole it, fucking stupid ass movie coming for this. There shit. is a goddamn trailer out for a movie that comes out in a month and a half for this dumbass fucking movie character. I like Morbius as a character. No, Do I think no, he I deserves like a movie? Hell, Hell no. no. <laughs> he's a Spider-Man villain. He's a Spider-Man. Really, I mean, well, it's, he's more towards Spider-Man, isn't he? Yeah. 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 That's him. But he's and a for the next slide. Oh, what's he got? Yeah, he got something new for me. Comics for next week. Oh, sweet. We are getting Amazing Spider-Man number 12, which is another Doc Ock fight where Doc Ock actually unmasks Spider-Man. Third fight. Let's go. Um, the X-Men are going to be getting into it again with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Finally. Well, it was second. And I don't know why they keep... Okay, so if you notice on the cover of this, they keep giving Wanda a green outfit on the cover, but she wears a red, red one in the red, comics. In they the did comics. that last time, too. Yeah. Um, we then get a Tales to Astonish, where yeah. Ant-Man and Wasp fight somebody named El Toro, which nobody knows who the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, we don't give a fuck, but that's fine. Um, we then get a Tales of Suspense, where Iron Man fights the Crimson Dynamo again, but this time we are also introducing Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah. We then get another Tales to Astonish, which is going to be Giant Man refighting the Human Top because everybody wanted that. <laughs> right, right. Everyone wanted that. Everyone the and then top. we get a new Strange Tales where right. the Human Torch teams up with the Iceman. I don't know why that he's teaming up with the Iceman, but 
that is what he's doing. So we at least know Iceman doesn't die. And I like how they show Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's like on the on the bottom, like like your left hand corner or right hand corner. It's like make sure you watch the issue, like the Amazing Spider-Man. Just keep, or like no, that's the, that's that's because I chose that frame. It's a frame. Oh, you chose that frame. That, that yeah. that's right on the right hand on the left. Right yeah, if side. you actually look at the entire frame, Hulk's in the upper left hand corner. Um, he doesn't show up up here because I cut these frames yeah, up a little yeah, shorter. Okay. I just all raised right. up the thing. But yeah, those are all the same frame. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's it kind of like they were giving hints like, yo, we got Spider-Man shit. Uh, next week I probably will not have the frames on there because I feel like it's cutting out portions of the actual cover. Oh, um, really? Yeah. But, yeah, that is that is next week, y'all. That's our next week's comics. This is my MVP time next week, ladies and gentlemen. He's like, it's going to be the human top. What? No, you know where I'm going. You should know right now. You know we're going right to this motherfucker, and I'm gonna tell you if they both lose, I swear to God, that's it, bro. <laughs> they better. You know where the fuck I'm going. You, I already pointed. That you know where I'm going. Fuck all these comics. We're going right to this one right here. My favorite one in the whole wide world. The Strange Tales. You know what game this is getting ready to be right now. Strange Tales is like the best comic Marvel ever did. Shoot me. <laughs> they had even had an annual. And annual, like, there's like, like, bro, when you said, we, we read that annual, I said, wait a minute. There's an annual to this bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to fight you, Spider-Man. You are about to get this L, bro. Right. <laughs> You're about to get this L. Where's the, where's the other brotherhood? I hope they bring that other brotherhood that got bitch slapped in the last issue. <laughs> what was he, the, uh. I don't even know his name. I don't remember his name. I don't remember I know his you're name. Talking about, but. but he got his uh, bring him back. He tried to I wanna I wanna touch you, Scarlet. Well, she got back to beat the shit out. Magneto almost beat the fuck out of him. It's his voice! Oh, because he He just wanted to holler at Scarlet Witch. She said, I'm about to throw you into one of the metal spears, bro. Like, don't play me right now. And why is he here? Of all the people. Right. I wouldn't have brought him I wouldn't have I'll be here. <laughs> Alright guys, so that is gonna do it. Again, next Tuesday or next Monday we will be back with another um, episode where we get to talk about the Fantastic Four. And then next Thursday we will cover the six one the six issues we just said. Yeah. So with that being said, we love you guys. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you wonderful people next week. Dab, Excelsior. Excelsior. I dabbed on it. Keep that. Bro.